Good morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day. It's Father's Day, so all the women are doing everything. Which is why Miriam was a fool. Next time, Miriam, he'll take over the worship so the men can rest. Um, so um, today I'm going to, I'm doing a word called Be Patient. And um, it's something that myself and my husband had a conversation earlier this week. And basically it was a word that like I used to comfort myself or that God gave me to comfort myself during the time that I was uh, struggling. So when pastor asked me to do the word, I felt, you know, this um, really helped me. So I hope that it also um, speaks into your life and that it helps you also. So yeah, so it's called Be Patient. Next slide. Okay, so the first slide. So this is an image of uh, an animal trying to eat grass from the other side because it believes that the grass is greener on the other side. Is and if you Google it, actually, numerous images of animals who were who who go into really awkward situations trying to eat the grass on the other side because they believe that it's greener. And, we, and, I, and basically, I'm trying to the, apply this to, to us. So I have a story to tell. So the second slide. So I've been in a very interesting journey the past few weeks. My six-month internship was coming to an end at the Africa Center. So I became quite anxious because basically every opportunity that we had applied for were rejected. So I kind of, I've, I've been feeling like this the past few weeks. Um, and then we were rejected for things because... So like, so some things that we needed to have, but we, could, but we rejected for them. And then so other people were like, because you're rejected for those things, we're also going to reject you. So it was like rejection upon rejection. It was really, um, it wasn't a very good situation to be in. And so, you know, basically we were left with nothing. And so I was feeling very down. And I was walking from a, a job fair, which is because now I have to find a job. <laughs> I was talking from a job fair and I was feeling so, I was, I was overwhelmed with deep sadness and I became very angry because I had chosen this path. I had chosen to work for free for this period of time because I believed that it will open you know, certain doors. So I was kind of filled with real, like all these um, what if, if only, and I was just kind of like, goodness, you know, the grasp. And for me, I was in that situation that if only I'd done this, maybe, I, and I saw people who had taken certain steps and I thought maybe what if I done that maybe then I would have been in a better situation in a better place so I was kind of like that um I think that's a, that was a goat I was kind of like that goat where I was like ah I was in this position I had things I did but I really genuinely believed that it was better on the other side so interesting enough the way the Holy Spirit spoke to me was through a song and it's not a Christian song <laughs> Um, so we're just gonna, I'm just gonna play a few seconds of the song for us to hear. So let's listen to the words if we can.
that was what God spoke to me at that time. Because I believed that the other side was much better. And I was thinking, oh, what if I, what if I got that? What if I had that? I really want this, I want that. And God looked at me and said, Nana, look at everything you do have. Like, you're, like, what you're looking for are things that people desire. These are things that are temporary. But what you have are giving you longevity. And I thought, and I, again, I was like, this is at a Kennegal song. I was like, he burnt his bridges because he was like, I'm going to the better side. I'm going to the other side. It's much, much better. And he left the path that, you know, he believed was, was not a good path for this so-called greener path. Not realizing the light he was searching for was already his. So this was something that God spoke to me. And I, what, like everything that you're looking for, I've given you so much. So I looked around and I thought, goodness, indeed the life I'm searching for is already my own. Like what I'm looking for, I already have. And this greener grass that, that this animal is busy almost killing themselves to get. What if I kill myself in trying to get that thing that I believe um, is, is greener? So to further um, illustrate this, I want us to open to Exodus 16. Exodus, Exodus 16 from verse 1. So I'm, just, I'm going to read from verse 1 to 4. So, so this is the story of the Israelites. I believe we're quite familiar with the Israelites and when they were their Exodus journey from um, Egypt to the Promised Land. So Exodus 15, um, yeah, it says, the whole Israelite community, do we have different versions? Okay, I'll just read mine. <laughs> the whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said, this is verse 3, the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then Moses said to then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for the day. So I, I want to emphasize again from verse 3 where it says, the Israelites said to them, if, to Moses, to Moses and um, um, Aaron, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us into this desert to starve this entire assembly. For me, this is, it's, it's shocking that people of Israel literally were reminiscing on slavery they were in this they're on this journey to this promised land and because things were tough at this time i guess they weren't having the food that they were used to and they begin to romanticize egypt where they were in bondage where they were praying to god to set them free for 600 years i believe if correct me if i'm wrong where their children's children were born into slavery and they began because they were just on this journey how many days had it been at this point began to say, why didn't you just leave us in Egypt? At least we had food. We were enslaved, but at least we had food. So they were, so they were thinking the grass was greener <laughs> in the side because they had forgotten slavery and how horrendous that was. And all they were thinking was the food I had 
and they were wishing to go back to slavery simply because of food. And for me, the reason why this took out was because I was also like that. I was like, God, I was in this great job. I had great money. That was great. And now I'm like, not so, not so, um, well, God is blessing me, thank God. But personally, <laughs> but personally, I'm like, I'm not contributing as, you know, as I would, as, as I would like to. As I studied so much, so hard, and I'm, and so I was reminiscing on my past job, forgetting that I kind of hated it. <laughs> I'm forgetting that what I really loved about it was the end, of the, just the paycheck, the food. But this, the, the, but it and you know of itself, I didn't really enjoy. And God is taking me, I believe now, on a journey to like the Israelites to the promised land. And because it's a bit difficult, I began to mourn and reminisce on the past and then look at other people and say, oh, they look better, their grass looks green, maybe I should go and do that. And I almost took up, <laughs> I almost took up job offers that would have been disastrous because I believe the grass was greener. But in saying that, I think it's interesting that God did give them manner because God knows us and he knows what our strengths are. And I think he actually understood that this was the right thing. He didn't give them something. While before the promised land, these guys might actually go back to Egypt into even more severe bondage. So God was really merciful to them. And not so I mean I'm not saying to God of the manner. But but that's not that's not the point. The point is that it takes what you will from it, but I'm definitely I I was learning from this as I was reading it in the sense that reminiscing on something, a greener grass in slavery is look at it logically, it's ridiculous. But God is so merciful anyway. And the second story to try and emphasize this idea of the grass being green on the other side that we tend to fall into due to a lack of patience. I'm going to go to the second story of in Ruth. So, so this in Ruth 1, if you can open to it, please. Yeah, so, okay, so I didn't go to Bible college, so, I'm pretty, so maybe like theologians have already fleshed this out. But this is something that Pastor Tunde Kerr mentioned briefly in a sermon, and I kind of like, um, so this is like a deeper look into it. So, Ruth 1, I'm going to read um, from verse 1 to verse 6. Yes, it says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Mahlon and Kilion. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went to Moab and lived there. Verse 3, now Elimelech, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and was left with her two sons. Verse 4, they married Moabite women, one named Orpha and the other named Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Mahalon and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Verse 6, when Naomi heard in Moabite that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. Verse 7, with her two daughters-in-laws, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. So this image, so I'm going into a what-if scenario. 
So notice here, um, Elimelech, which is um, Naomi's husband, left Judah. This is the Judah is the promised land, is the land of the Israelites. Judah to go to Moab, and if you trace it, Moab is actually is is, is somewhat is a very interesting. The descent, the heritage is quite interesting because Moab are the, the descendants of the incest that happened between Lot and his eldest daughter. And the Moabites have always been clashing with the Israelites because, I mean, they were, they're seen as, as people that are not so pure. And this is found in Genesis 30, verse um, to 38. And for, for me, I can't help but wonder that if her husband hadn't left this land of Judah and gone to the land of Moab, would, she, would, all, would he and his sons have perished if they had stayed? Because we see here the famine only lasted 10 years. Like, after 10 years, they went back to the land of Judah. And... But because, I, I, again, this is a question, right? If he had stayed, of course, we know that Jesus came through um, Ruth and, and, um, and Boaz. But for me, I believe that God can, God can, um, God will do what he needs to do anyway. I'm wondering if, would this have been sweeter? Would, they, would the birth of, um, of their son have been sweeter if he had stayed and he had actually lived with us in, in that land? So I wonder if the suffering that they had gone to, they've gone to this land believing that the grass was green on that side, but then three of them had perished and the woman had come back a widow um, without her son. But you know, thankfully, God, God brought, again, the manor being <laughs> um, root in it, and that was able to, they still set up and they still, the journey still ended well. So for me, this, again, it's just, I was, again, this word was teaching me to be patient because if indeed I do believe that the grass is green on the other side and I do take, and we do take the wrong steps, we, manna might come, yes, you know, God will still be merciful, but let's not take wrong steps into things that we believe are better at the risk of, of forfeiting our destiny. So that is, that is the word that I have today. Is the grass, is the grass green on the other side? The answer is no. And to end, I'm just going to play that song again, just so that we can reminisce on that as we, before we pray. As we go into our into our days, into our week, we ask that you give us the grace to be patient and to indeed be grateful for everything that you bless us with. We ask for grace not to be foolish, not to burn our bridges, not to burn the path that you have taken us on, not to misstep, not to take the wrong path in the hope of greener pastures, but to just stay on the path that you have called us to. And just give us the grace to endure, to be patient, and to indeed always be grateful for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.